Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacey. And this is the Body Smart Podcast. And today we are on part two of our mini series about the character traits, skills, and beliefs that you need to succeed at weight loss and keep it off. Skills, where are we starting? Yeah, skills. Um, we've got a little list of skills. Of course. Um, but Jamie and I had quite a heated debate earlier about what is skills and what is knowledge. So do you want to summarize what we agreed? <laughs> <laughs> well, a skill is obviously something that you build over time and get better at. Um, your point was that you need the knowledge with some of these skills as well. Yeah, right? so the knowledge is like the theory. You need to have the theory, mm-hmm. but you can't have one without the other. And just because you have the theory doesn't mean you have the skill. So like you could know the perfect way to describe how to do a deadlift. You could write it out and say, give it to somebody and that will be a perfect description. But you could maybe never do a deadlift yourself because you haven't practiced that skill and like your muscles don't coordinate together properly. Yeah, so the, the information alone isn't you, as useful as it needs to be without the practical application, which is yeah. a skill. Yes. Yes. So the skills that we're going to talk about today are things that you can actually practice, which is the whole point of this mini series. It's things that you can develop over time. So if right now you feel like taking on a weight loss journey is a huge challenge and you don't even know where to start because it feels like it's too difficult, you don't know what to do, everything that we're talking about in these mini series is things that you can build so that it feels easier. Cool. So the first skill that we have got is goal setting. And that's because whenever you embark on any new challenge or goal, actually knowing what you're trying to achieve is super important to be able to get there. It is. And we, with our clients, we set smart goals. We do. Which is, do you want to walk through what the acronym is? Well, we actually do it slightly different. (laughs) We do. We do. We do. um, The kind of corporate one is. So if you've used corporate smart goals before, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get confused now because I've used our ones yeah, yeah. for so long. So if you use um, the corporate ones, it's going to be specific, measurable, achievable? I think so, yeah. Oh, gosh, we need to, re- we need to do some research. Simon! <laughs> yeah, okay. Second, <laughs> we can go through what ours are, which are... Okay, yeah, so the corporate way of doing it is specific, measurable, achievable, or attainable, and then relevant and time-bound. Okay, thank you very much. Well, ours is slightly different. Um, we took a little bit of creative genius, let's genius. call it that, creative yes. genius. Um, and played around with the M mostly and yeah. the R, but the, the big one is the M. So we've swapped it from measurable to meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, to be honest, under specific, measurable comes under that. So that's why we yeah. felt like M can be meaningful because any goal that you're going after, if you don't understand why you want to achieve it, you are not going to get yourself out of bed at five in the morning to go to the gym if you don't really know yeah. why. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we really work on is when someone comes to us and says, say, I want to lose 10 pounds. Why do you want to lose 10 pounds? Well, I just want to be thinner. Mm, you, pro- you probably don't just want to be thinner. Yeah. And so we'll just keep asking, what will change if you were 10 pounds lighter? How will you feel? What would be different in your life? Because those are the real reasons. So one of the skills that you need to learn when you're goal setting is why do I even want to achieve that goal? Because if it's mm-hmm. just an arbitrary thing, you're probably not going to achieve it. Definitely. Okay, and then the next thing that I really want to hammer home with the goal of the skill of goal setting yeah. is breaking it down into manageable bite-sized chunks. Because again, setting yourself a goal like I want to lose 10 pounds mm-hmm. and just setting out saying, cool, I've got a goal. I'm going to go and eat healthy and I'm going to get that 10 pound goal. Yeah, It's very unlikely to happen mm-hmm. unless you map out the actions that are going to get you there. Yeah, and with, with our SMART goals, we we tend to set no more than one month. So it's like a one month time frame. 
And it's, you can have these like bigger goals. Let's say it's to lose 50 pounds or a hundred pounds. And it's good to have them in sight as like the, maybe the M pillar of something that you want to achieve, but breaking that down into smaller bite-sized goals makes them feel much more attainable, achievable, and, and gives you that target and direction to go for. Yeah, so one of the skills when it comes to goal setting is actually looking at something that's manageable because otherwise it's so easy to get overwhelmed and to get halfway through, realize that you're not going to hit the date that you wanted or the weight that you wanted by a certain thing and then just completely give up. Yeah. So giving yourself more realistic expectations, making sure every goal has stepping stone actions that are going to add up to get you there mm-hmm. and understanding why you even want to do it in the first place. 100%. Yeah. So that is a skill that you can practice. And I think what we'll actually do is put in the show notes our how to do smart goals. So I think that'd be really beneficial. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 such a great exercise to do and it just breaks it down into smaller goals. Like you can still have those bigger goals, those like macro level goals, but smart goals allows you to break it down into micro level goals to like the right here right now in terms of what you need to do to achieve those bigger goals. Yeah, so um, you'll be able to download those from the show notes afterwards. Cool. So the next skill that is essential if you want to succeed at losing weight and keeping it off is getting really good at planning. And Mm. a lot of people are a bit resistant to this because it feels like it takes a lot of the fun out of life if everything is planned down to the nth degree. Um, But from our experience, the clients that plan ahead succeed. Yeah. Why is that? It's more time efficient. It gives you more clarity. Most of the time you're following a plan anyway, just in, in sort of default. It gives you structure, it gives you a level of order instead of chaos in your life, especially mm-hmm. around parts of nutrition and things that you you already do. So it just it allows you to create more order, create more structure, and then I can actually give you back more time. So it's it is it's a it's an important skill to develop and it allows you to put a plan in place, but also navigate when things also don't go to plan, because that happens to a lot of people as well. But if we've got this we talk about it a lot, this perfectionist mindset of like, oh, I've got this perfect plan and then it doesn't go to plan. It's like, okay, what's the plan after the plan or how do we navigate it and, you know, do something instead of nothing. Um, but yeah, like having having structure, having a routine, having a level of order is, is super important. Yeah, and in the skill set of planning is mm-hmm. actually planning for plan B. And it's something yeah. that we practice with our clients on their weekly check-ins is, Yep, I know that you're really good at planning your meals out, but you've told me that you've got a birthday party on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So what needs to change with the plan? And then getting clients to be more self-sufficient with that. Oh, there's a birthday party on Wednesday. So before I even message Stacy, I'm going to be coming up with a plan B and just saying, I've planned for my week. I know about the birthday party. My plan of action is this. And yep. it's dealt with like it's not a stressor that catches you out on the day. And then mm-hmm. you're in the heat of the moment trying to make a decision, but all your friends are drinking Prosecco and you want to drink the Prosecco, but it's not in your plan. You've already done the thinking, you've already done the decision-making and you know that it's going to align with what you want to see at the end of the week. Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to planning ahead, what would be your top tips for somebody who at the moment kind of just lives on the fly, grabs something for lunch from Tesco's on their lunch break, just kind of makes up whatever's in the fridge for dinner? I would probably to, to spend some time and sit down and like what this wants to look like for you. So maybe on like a Saturday or Sunday and plan out the week ahead um, in terms of like book your workouts in, you know, plan out maybe what you're going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner or however your nutrition looks like for you. Like create like a really clear plan and, and take all the thinking out of the day to day and do it in that like an hour, you know, an hour, an hour on a Saturday or Sunday. And it might take that long to begin with, but then the next time it'll be 30 minutes. It'll literally just half and then the time after that will be less. And then 
after that, you'll actually just have a routine and some sort of structure. And when you're going through that, like you might find like you set this plan out and you're able to go and do it. Or you might find that you set this plan out and you set yourself too much. <laughs> so you might have to dial it back and be adaptable uh, in terms of making that work. And then also when you have this plan, you're going to have to be prepared like, oh, things aren't going to, haven't gone to plan. And it's like, how can I adapt or move and looking for the opportunities instead of just drowning in the fact that the fact you haven't been able to do what you said you would do. Yeah, and I think that's a really key thing is having that flexibility. If your planning time is normally on a Sunday and that doesn't happen, I can't I can lose count of the amount of people that have come around to a Monday on a check-in with me as a coach and said, oh, I didn't get time to do my plan. And so they've just gone into the week with no plan. Mm. And if you haven't then planned to catch up on your plan, you are guaranteed to stumble at some point through that week. So if you, the key with any plan is if it doesn't go to plan, readjust your plan. I've said plan too many times, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it is something yeah. that you really need to hold yourself accountable to because it is a part of the week that can feel a bit like a chore. But honestly, once you get into that rhythm and it becomes a skill that becomes easier, mm -hmm. then it will serve you in so many more ways. Yeah, it's, I mean, everyone's job, you go in, there's a, there's a plan, there's a level of order, there's a level of you know consistency with that. And it's like having that with parts of your health and fitness is, is gonna, it's, it's gonna be more peaceful, it's gonna be easier, and it's gonna allow you to adapt and navigate through the, the more difficult times. And it can actually be quite enjoyable. Like I really like sitting down on a Sunday, looking for recipes, getting a bit of inspiration. And it's actually, now I have a toddler, it's my kind of me time, which is a bit <laughs> sad, but it's like a yeah. bit of quiet. And I like being organized. As much as I, I feel like my life is total chaos right now, mm. it's a moment where I'm kind of taking a bit of control back and I'm actually yeah. having a bit more of what I like my life to be like. Yeah, it's, it's controlling the controllables in a lot of ways. And you can definitely can do that with what we eat most of the time. Um, well, all of the time, you know, no one's ever going to force you to, to eat anything that you don't want, but having a plan in place that facilitates the goals that you want is also going to be really important. So yeah, it's, you know, order and chaos is like a tip and scale all the time. And what you're really trying to do here is create as much order as possible with parts of your health and fitness. So when the chaos happens, like you're not tipping completely into chaos, you're already quite out of order. It's like, oh, a bit of chaos, I can deal with that. And it's like, it's much more manageable. Yeah, and actually another really cool thing your brain does with um, when you've got a plan in place, you've already done the thinking, you've already made the decisions. So mm. when the chaos comes along, you're not also trying to make decisions on top of that. Yeah. You've already done that hard work and you can just follow through with the plan you're much more likely to make good choices. Yeah, it's, you get, you literally do get decision fatigue. You know yeah. what I mean? If you're thinking about the food that you've got to eat that day and what you're going to eat for lunch and then you've got work and then you've got kids and it's just like, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> you're just like, there's just, there's no more you left by the time you get to the end of the day versus like having that time at the start of the week or at a certain point, it just, it strips out all of that thinking on those days because you've already spent the time doing it. Yeah. Love it. So essential skill when it comes to success and not just with your health and fitness, actually no. anything that you wanted to go into and be successful, you'd want to plan. You're training for a marathon, you'd have a plan. You're trying to grow a business, you'd have a plan. Mm -hmm. So take yourself just as seriously. Yeah. Amazing. So similar to that, the next one that I've written down is tracking your progress and adapting as you go. So this might be something that, again, sounds a bit like work and sounds a bit like, <laughs> God, I just yeah. want to get fit. What am I tracking data for? Yeah. Why? Well, what gets measured gets managed. You know, that's that's a, a very famous sort of saying, and it's it, it just it's because you're paying attention to it. So, you know, there's loads of studies that show that like people who weigh themselves every day statistically lose more weight than people that don't when they're on a diet. It's like, well, no shit. You know what I mean? It's like you're paying attention to the variable that you want to move, and 
if you are not seeing it move in the direction that you want, are you going to change or is that going to influence your behavior to change to create the outcome that you want to like more than likely and it can be it can be used as very much as a reflection piece um so when you're <coughs> starting something new whether it's trying to lose weight or get more active let's say it's to get more active if you've never looked at your step goal and most people have nowadays but if you've never looked at your step goal before you might not be aware that you do three four thousand steps a day so an easy way of you starting to get more active would be to set a higher step goal but then you're going to have to put the actions and steps in place to make sure that you facilitate getting a higher step goal. Um, and then you want to measure and track that to make sure that you're being consistent. So it's the data can just allow you to see results faster. Like it really, really can. And to make sure that you actually are progressing towards your goal. A lot of people can have certain feelings towards stuff. And I don't know, it's a very business way of looking at stuff where it's just like, you know, follow the data, follow the trends, follow the patterns. Yeah. You're not your feelings. A lot of people can get caught up in that. Like, oh, um, you know, I must be gaining muscle because I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, the scales aren't going down. It's, it, you know, there's just, there's a lot of beliefs around certain things where people aren't seeing progress and they'll tell themselves certain stories and have certain feelings around it because it helps you feel better around the situation that you're in. But a lot of the time that we, if you are looking to lose weight, it's not losing weight for six months and telling yourself that it's because you're gaining muscle or something else is not a good strategy to go down if the goal is actually to lose weight. And that's why you do want to follow the data and make sure that you are taking steps to move closer towards that goal. Yeah, and the data can also then help you with what you need to change because if you're not losing weight, something needs to change. Mm -hmm. Continuing to do the same thing yeah. is only going to lead to the same outcome. And again, to bring it back to work, that wouldn't be something that you continue to do if you had a goal to achieve at work and what you were doing was not meeting that goal. Mm -hmm. Your manager would be calling you in and saying, right, what are you going to do differently? Yeah, You need to kind of apply that same level of analysis to yourself mm -hmm. and your own progress. Because without it, a plan and a goal are just that. Exactly. They're not going to lead to change on their own. Yeah. The, the, the data is it's just really helpful for helping you problem solve faster. That's, that's basically what it is. It's if, you, if you've got good data and you're tracking stuff on a consistent basis, it allows you to problem solve where you're going right or wrong. Hey, like, I'm getting this data back. This is good. This is what I want to be seeing. Cool. Keep doing it. <laughs> keep following the pattern. Keep following the trends. Hey, like, I'm tracking this data. I'm not losing weight okay, well, why? You know, and it allows you to start asking why, 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 and kind of look into what maybe needs to change. And I know the word data can sound like it's really complex stuff, but we're literally talking about maybe three data points would be your weight, your steps, and... Even your workouts. Yeah, yeah how many workouts you've done. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be super complex, but making sure those meet what you want them to be, mm -hmm. and if not, making adjustments. Yeah. Amazing. And like we've said, you're probably doing this in other parts of your life anyway. So this isn't a brand new skill to most people. It's just maybe calling it something different and applying it to a part of your life that you don't do it yeah. usually. I think the issue is a lot of people attach emotion to stuff around their health or weight or steps mm. or exercise versus like in work, it can be like very emotionless. It's like the data is the data. And it's kind of like you have to look at it like the same way sometimes. Like, hey, like if you're not losing weight, instead of feeling emotional about that, it's just kind of like, okay, well, it means I'm, I mustn't be doing what I need to do to see success. So like, let's look for the opportunities, have that growth mindset as we spoke about in the, the, the sort of the first uh, around character traits, look for the opportunities like, okay, that means I'm missing stuff here. Where are the opportunities where I can learn and grow from this to actually see the result I want? Yeah, and it's not gonna catch you out then a couple of weeks down the line when nothing's yeah. changed, you're not gonna be shocked. Yeah, you're gonna, you're, gonna, you're gonna consistently know why, you're gonna know why you're seeing progress, why the needle's moving, why the data's trending in the right way. And that's, that's a really empowering place to be.
And you can actually see when you make progress and celebrate it. Exactly. <laughs> was that a, I'm, I'm was that a personal pop? <laughs> I'm giving yeah. Jamie the eye because he's rubbish at celebrating progress for himself. Um, okay, so another skill then moving on, which kind of ties in, is self-awareness and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So this is not relying on external things like data, but actually having the same level of interrogation of how things are going, but internally. So yeah. asking yourself like, Am I feeling more energetic? Am I feeling lighter? Am I feeling less puffy? Those are kinds of things that might be more important to you than actually a number on the scale. And those points might give you a, a vision of like, yes, things are going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and being self-aware to just understand like maybe why you do the things that you do mm-hmm. and whether some of those behaviors are serving you and maybe some of them are not. And maybe the ones that are not have any awareness then are like, hmm, Maybe it's a good idea to <laughs> go down that rabbit hole and start to change some of those behaviors if, if it's negatively impacting parts of your life. Yeah, because when we think about what the whole title of this mini series is, how to succeed at losing weight and keep it off, being self-aware of what are the habits and patterns mm-hmm. that n- help you lose the weight. And if other ones start to creep in, that's where you keep it off. Yeah. So I recently shared um, a post on my Instagram where Every afternoon when Nate went down for his nap, I'd got back into the habit of having like two biscuits with a cup of tea on the sofa, like, oh, yeah. finally some peace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I had to have that moment of self-awareness where I was like, hmm, I definitely don't need these extra two biscuits. I'm not like making any other adjustments anywhere else. And my mm-hmm. jeans are getting a little bit tight. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that I can't have the biscuits, but of all the things that were adding up, I was self-aware to realize that's probably the habit that's changed and that mm-hmm. I could give up and not really notice or care. Yeah. So it's about constantly just checking in with yourself, being aware of what mm-hmm. those habits or choices or thought patterns are and like, what are the consequences of those? Are you happy with them? If you're not, then you can change them. Yeah. You want to you wanna know like where you are right now. You want to know why you're here. And if you want to move the needle, you want to know why and how you would do that. And if you started going regressing, you would want to have the awareness to know that too. So um a, a really good way of like a, a lot of clients I speak to of being like hey like I was like in really great shape and then we moved house and I gained like 40 pounds and they're just like I don't even like I don't even know how that happened and it's like oh, okay well if you had the self-awareness around that you'd be like well you're doing 4,000 fewer steps because you don't walk as much in your new job uh the gym used to be on the drive home and now it's 15 minutes the wrong way so you don't go as much consistent like you almost have the awareness so like and you've kept eating the same calories, even though your calorie uh, output has gone down. And it's like, oh, okay, so you instantly can like problem solve that and adjust. I mean, you don't get caught out in that situation. And that's like a, a maybe a slightly more advanced way of being self-aware, but it's taking those steps like right now, like, hey, at the end of the month, when we're projected to hit our targets and our bosses on everyone's ass, like I'm always super stressed and overeat those evenings. And it's just like being aware that that's a problem and then actively looking for solutions. Like that's like a, like almost like the, the start and steps of that. And then like you get to those more advanced points where, yeah, you move house, you move job and you're just, your awareness is so high that you just navigate and adapt continuously. Yeah. And if at the moment you feel like life is just a total whirlwind and it kind of happens to you rather than it being something that you're aware of happening and aware of being, having an influence over, mm. where would you even start? Oh God, um, I really wish you could just give someone like a self-awareness pill. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's difficult, you know, it's, 
it's so much easier to point the finger and blame everyone and everything else. It's my boss. It's my family. It's my genetics. It's this. It's so much harder to point the thumb back at yourself and say, it's me. And I think being self-aware is honestly having, having those real honest conversations with yourself where you can be like, hey, like, this is me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I am causing this problem. Like, I am the problem here. And I need to take, you know, extreme ownership of that and personal responsibility to say like, hey, this this isn't serving me. And if I just keep blaming everyone and every, every, everything else, like it's not going to change. But if you take, if you have the awareness and you take the personal responsibility, it allows you to just to start taking those first steps to make a change. Yeah, and that's actually really empowering because then you're not at the whim of everyone else's choices or the environment or mm -hmm. the economy or whatever. Yeah. It's you that gets to change things. So I think if you're finding yourself in a situation where you're not actually that happy with what's going on, mm -hmm. whether that's at work, whether it's your body image, whether it's you've gained weight, just take 10 minutes out, grab a journal, even a piece of scrap paper, even your phone, I don't really care. Yeah. But sit down and ask yourself, like, what am I currently doing that might have led to this point? What would I do differently that would make me happier? Yeah. Because if, you, if you're always reactive to the world, it's, it's such a chaotic place to be when we're just talking about like order and chaos. Like, you know, it's like, say your bosses, you say you have a really bad day at work and we all have bad days. But then if you go home and then have behaviors that you're in control of, like the way you eat or the way you move or the way you talk, and that just kind of just floods everywhere else. Like you just let that happen when you could have actually just gone back and be like, you know what, that was a bad day. Put that, push that to one side. Still going to eat healthy, train, exercise, have a nice time with my family or whatever it is. You know, it's just it's just a, a completely different place to be. But it all starts with knowing yourself, becoming self-aware, understanding maybe certain things that trigger you and asking why. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I like that really upset me? Why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, I really feel like going stuff in my face. Like, why? You know, just sitting with that, even just for a couple of minutes. And like you said, like journaling, writing down. And just start to go down that journey of exploring that. Yeah, and I think it's such a big topic. We should probably just do a whole podcast on self-awareness. <laughs> but really, yeah. I think this is one of the things that when clients graduate with Body Smart, they say it's so different to any other program I've ever done because we bang on about this constantly. Yeah. Because you are so different to any other person in the world. Mm -hmm. What triggers you is going to be different. What your reaction is to that trigger is going to be different. What those implications are on your physical body are going to be different. Yeah. So nobody can give you like the perfect answer mm -hmm. to your life's problems apart from you. Yeah. So if there was only one thing that you would take <laughs> away from this whole mini series, it would be, please, please, please work on your self-awareness. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom done. Like, do we need to talk anymore? Well, I don't know. Is there <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. Yeah. Yeah. No, we have got one more. Um, and this is where we kind of had that balance between is it a skill? Is it knowledge? And actually it's that perfect implementation of both. And it's mm -hmm. having the practical knowledge around nutrition and around fitness to then get skilled at applying it. Yeah. So whether that's learning how to read nutrition labels, knowing what you need to put into your body mm -hmm. every day, knowing how to cook balanced meals, knowing how to train effectively at the gym. Yeah. These are all things that are like a perfect blend of knowledge and skills. Yeah. So like I give, give you an example of, I got a flat tire and I was meant to go to the gym. So I was just like, huh, that sucks. So I just went inside and just done a workout in my living room. And that was just like a, a, an adaptable mindset around that. But I was just like, okay, like I'll just do that workout the next day and I'm, something's better than nothing. But I just didn't have to think of, I'll just do a workout in, in the house. I was like, oh, I already have the 
practical knowledge that I can just go in my living room and get sweaty for 45 minutes, basically. Um, and it's, it's, it's being like educated enough and having that practical skill set that you can just navigate all these different situations in life so you can just constantly be adaptable and stay on top of your goals. Yeah, and these are things that actually they are going to take time and they are going to take effort, which all of the, the traits, skills, beliefs yeah. that we're talking about, they don't come easily. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, everyone would be like an Adonis and nailing life. <laughs> but if you put the time in to learn these things, again, they are going to get to that point where you don't have to think, you don't have to spend 15 minutes on Pinterest trying to find a workout that was 15 minutes of the 20 minutes you had yeah. available. Yeah. You can just get on with it. Exactly. And that, that, that almost by putting the time into learn these skills and develop these skills can then save you time because you, you're just able to navigate so many different parts of life so much easier. Yeah, for sure. And I think anyone that doesn't know where to start with these kinds of skills and knowledge mm-hmm. under this header, we're talking about the practical knowledge you need to succeed. Yeah. What would you say be like the top three things to just read up on? Maybe even go to our YouTube and look up. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be, nutrition's a huge one. So just looking at all like facets, is that a word? Yes. Of, of, of nutrition, like like can you cook well? Do, do you understand calories? Do you understand macros? Do you know how to portion control? Like how much protein you want to be having per day? Just all of those, you know, basic stuff around nutrition, how to build your plate. That'd be a big one. Being able to train effectively is is uh, important. You know, being able to do a full body resistance session. Uh, I need to cough, sorry. <coughs> Um, doing it, being able to train effectively. So um, you want to be doing the, the big six, it's known. And it's just basically six movements where you can train your whole body, um, which is a horizontal push, a vertical push, a horizontal pull down, a vertical pull down, and then a, some sort of hip hinge and a leg press. Like that's, if you do those six movements in a bunch of different variations, you can train your whole body, even knowing what they are and then how to just build them into like a body weight program, a dumbbell program, a machine program. Like if you've just got that baseline knowledge, you can have a killer full body workout in like 20, 30 minutes. So nutrition, training, they would be huge skills that I would want people to learn because then it's just so much easier to practically apply for a third one. I don't know if you've got anything that you'd want to add. Do you know what? Let's keep it simple because those are pretty big subjects. (laughs) Um, But actually you don't need to overcomplicate this. You don't. And when it comes to those skills, it's like the 80-20. If you get those things right, the other things don't actually matter that much. Mm-hmm. Like if you're eating 80% of a, like a good diet and you have a bottle of wine and a box of chocolates every now and then, yeah. it's absolutely fine. Of course. And like if you are doing a pretty efficient workout, but not the best workout in the whole world, exactly, it's absolutely fine. You're yeah. going to make progress. Yeah. And so there's something I really want to reiterate with this practical knowledge element that we're talking about. You don't have to be at PhD level to get the results that you want. Mm -hmm. And I think that can hold people back because you feel like, well, I'll start once I've learned this. There's no point doing it yet because I don't know enough. Yeah, like you don't have to be a flipping master chef, but you probably would be a good idea to just be able to find cooking pretty easy. You know what I mean? You don't have to understand like every part of like calories, macros, you know, like nutrition, like the backhand, but you want to know it so it just doesn't stress you out anymore and you understand portion control. Same with like workouts. Like you don't probably need to know exercise and training maybe the way I do, but you want to know how to move your body pretty effectively and efficiently. And it, that just all starts with a, a skill. You know, if it's like, if, if you have to start any sport, you can just like view it like that. Like you start, like you've never done the sport before. Um, like I, I used to say like I went to jujitsu and I haven't gone back since uh, COVID happened. But like when I went, I was just like white belt, <laughs> you know, level one. I was having like kids half my age kicking my ass. 
And then just every week I go, I go a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. I mean, you keep progressing through the, the ranks and you go from white to blue. To, and it's the exact same. It's the exact same principle with party nutrition, cooking, training. You just want to get to that point where you know, you, you're, you're efficient and it's easy. Yeah, and you don't have to be master chef. You can literally yes. just bash out the same seven meals every week if you want, mm. as long as they're balanced. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in terms of skills, that's really the top five that we wanted to cover today. Mm. It is a case of you don't need to overcomplicate things. If you work on goal setting, planning ahead, tracking your progress, and being self-aware, you're going to be a million miles away from where you are now if yeah. you're wanting to make change and you're not seeing anything happen yeah and we're we're always telling clients if you just got one percent better every single day over the course of a year you'd be 37 times better so if you looked at them five skills and went say like how can i just get one percent better at these every single day in a year you'll be 37 times better at them and if you get 37 times better at even one of those skills like it will wildly impact your life you do them all and you do them over a, a year a couple of years you're a completely different person which is very exciting very exciting Amazing. And we are going to be back with our top beliefs that you need to be successful with your weight loss and to keep that weight loss off. Because this is something that might sound a bit woo-woo, but we're all about what your internal image, your internal self-talk and your beliefs about yourself are, because they have a real big impact on what you can achieve. Yeah. So see you next time.